here this morning? Yeah, I am. You know, I was standing there and I was thinking about how thankful I am of one thing. I'm thankful that God started this church out a level above a lot of churches. Turn with me, if you would, and I'll explain to Corinthians. I asked Rob, it took me just a second to put my finger on it because I didn't have it in my notes. But when I came out, the Lord shared with me a couple of things. And so I want to just take just a minute before I even get into my message and share this with you. I think we started out a step above a lot of churches, and I'll explain. Uh, guys in the booth, um, NIV, First uh, Corinthians 3. Brothers... First uh, Corinthians three one yeah, uh, and that's the Message Bible. I would like the NIV, please. There we are, brothers. I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. Keep going to verse uh, eight. I think we talked about. I gave you milk not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, are still not ready. You are still worldly, for still there is jealousy and quarreling among you. You are not worldly. Are you not worldly? Are you acting like mere men? For one says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere men? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants. Through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered, and God made it to grow. So neither he that plants nor he that waters is anything but God who makes things to grow. Now that's what I wanted to talk to you about for just one second and tell you why I think that we are a step above and why we can grow really, really fast. Because you're here to hear me. (laughs) Do you get my point? Because I know I'm not dumb enough to not understand that most people that came to this church to start with came because they wanted to hear Keith. But you were spiritual enough to recognize that the word was going forth and you came anyway. So that means God is going to grow us up quicker than most and take us beyond just the milk of the word quicker than most because there's not quarrelings among us and there's not division among us. And you didn't come and say, I came to hear Keith or I came to hear Mrs. Moore. What we came to hear was what? The word and God. And he's going to grow us up faster than we know because of that. I am impressed with y'all. Pat your neighbor on the back. I'm telling you, we are going to grow up really fast because of that. I'm telling you, that is a word from God this morning. Do you know that? Because a lot of people would be just checking the schedule to try to figure out, is Brother Moore here? And if you're just trying to figure out, is Brother Moore here, you're going to limit Brother Moore as to what he can do. But if we come trying to hear from God, God is going to answer what we need and what he can do. Did you know that? And he's going to grow us all up faster than what we know and what we can believe for. That is so good. I am just in glory to God. Well, let's go on this morning. You know, as I was thinking about the message this morning, I want y'all to help me this morning because this is what the Lord put on my heart. I was thinking about heroes. Heroes. Who's some of our modern day and 
worldly and all of creation time worldly. Not not Christian heroes and, and not Bible heroes, but who, who heroes are in the world. If you had to think of just off the top of your head, if I was to stick a microphone in your face and say... Here we go. Here we go. Let's play microphone day. Who's your hero? Uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Good hero. Good hero. Who's your hero? General Schwarzkopf. General Schwarzkopf. Oh, good hero. Who's your hero? I would say the uh, men and women who defend our country. Men and women. Oh, good answer. Good answer. Who's your hero? My husband. Oh, I like that answer. I like that answer. Who's your hero? John Wayne. John Wayne. Hey, Brother Copeland would love you. Yes, yes, yes. Who's your hero? Dr. Hagen. Dr. Hagen. Good answer. Good answer. Who's your hero? Oh, he turned his head. He thought I wouldn't get to him. My father. Your father. Oh, where is your father? Stand up, father. Where are you? There he is. See, look at him back here. He's grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's go over here to this side of the room. Let's see here. Let's see here. Deborah, who's your hero? Uh, my husband. Oh, your yeah. husband. Yeah, yeah, y'all are being sneaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too easy. Who's your hero? Firefighters. Firefighters. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. My mother. Your mother. Oh, my mother. Your mother. Y'all are making it too easy on yourselves. Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen. Let's leave out the spiritual ones. Let's just do worldly ones. We'll get to the spiritual ones in a minute. Law enforcement. Law enforcement. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. She don't know. She don't know. She don't have a hero. Oh, come on. I got one. Alexander Graham Bell. I wouldn't be able to text without him. Men and women. (laughs) Men and women are the service. Yeah. Yeah. What about Thomas Edison? Y'all got a hero like that? Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Very good one. Very good one. Abraham Lincoln. See, Abraham Lincoln. My dad. Your dad. Those are good ones. The police department. The police department. Good, 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 good. Phil Nicholson. Phil Nicholson. Golf. You like (laughs) golf, I can tell. My father. Your father. Your father. See, See what my mic pick up back here. Yeah. Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. That's very good. I'm seeing gold in my ear. Gold in my ear. Y'all are very good. My sister. Your sister. No movie stars? No singers? What about Elvis Presley? Oh, yeah. See, somebody yelled out, yeah. Yeah. What about some of you younger ones? Carrie Underwood or Garth Brooks or... I mean, there's idols. There's heroes. Nobody even said Oprah. Huh? No. No? No? Definitely not. Definitely not? Right. Definitely not? Yell some out for me. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? Who? Nick Walenda. Nick Walenda. Nick Walenda. Billy Graham. What about the guy that landed the airplane in the middle of the... Yeah, he's a pretty good hero, isn't he? What about all the people that save the people from the towers and and those kind of things? Those are all really, really, really good heroes, aren't they? You can turn this one off. And I didn't even buzz. Boy, we did a miracle just now. Y'all don't know what a miracle that was. But they are all tremendous heroes. They're really good heroes. And... But the thing about it is, we know very, very little about these people. And they've all done tremendous things. But a lot of those people were heroes in one area. You think about it. They probably did one thing that made them a hero. Think about what they did. Like I said, Alexander Graham Bell. He invented the telephone. How many of you like your telephone? (laughs) Yeah. You know. I mean, I've got a list of of people here that I thought about, you know. Um, 
uh, sports heroes. You know, I had the guys helping me with this one. Joe Montana, Michael Jordan, Babe Ruth, you know, Walter Payton, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Mark McGuire, Wilt Chamberlain. You remember all those people? They were good with what? Sports. Or you had music people like the Beatles and Elvis. And even today, you got some people that are almost outselling them. Some of you older people may not recognize these names, but the younger people will know them right away. Metallica. Huh? Look at the younger people are going. Black Sabbath and Michael Jackson and Madonna. I'm telling you, they, they bought, sold as many albums as Elvis did. And then some other people like Henry Ford, Chuck Yeager, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt. I mean, they were all good in what? One area. One area. Then you've got people like movie stars that people sit and watch for endless, endless time and hours. Like, remember Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. And Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart and Robert Redford, Audrey Hepburn and Lauren Bacall and Elizabeth Taylor and Catherine Hepburn and more modern, Will Smith, Johnny Depp, Denzel Washington, Brad Pitt, Clint Eastwood, Angelina Jolie, George Clooney, Sandra Bullock. You remember all these people, right? What are they good at? Acting. Acting. Well, I was thinking about some of these people and even some of the greater ones, like what we were talking about, Ben Franklin, Eli Whitney, George Washington Carver, Michelangelo, Picasso, Bach, one of Keith's favorites, Daniel Boone. (laughs) (laughs) And I asked some people, I said, what to you constitutes a hero? And one of them said, someone that sought out things that no one has ever sought out before and wasn't in fear to do it. They went where no, almost the Star Trek motto, where no one has ever gone before. They stood their ground where no one else would stand their ground and search out things that no one's ever sought out before. Scientists, inventors, those kind of things. That was one person's hero. Another person's hero was someone that could take a group of people and do things that nobody else had ever done. They would work together and accomplish something. That was a hero. Another one was somebody that just never quit against all odds, like the guy that was in the mountains. They brought up this person that was in the mountains and had to get his, his arm off. You remember the story? But he never quit, and he came out alive. A hero. Then another one is someone that actually sacrificed everything they were for someone else. Like some of those people going into the towers or someone that just didn't even think about it and went into a burning building or something and and got someone out. Heroes. Let me tell you a definition that I think might apply to heroes. It's not necessarily a dictionary definition. It's just something that I thought might apply. So take it or leave it, okay? Then you say, well, that's not the Bible. Okay, well, I'll get to it. Hang on, okay? To me, a true hero is at the time very undramatic. When the circumstances are happening, a lot of times a true hero, most people don't even know what's going on. A true hero. And there's no urge to surpass or outshine any others at whatever cost. But their greatest urge is to serve others 
at whatever, whatever cost or give himself for others at whatever cost. That's a true hero. To serve or give themselves for others at whatever cost. You think about the heroes that we were talking about. Einstein, he just constantly was trying to invent something. Edison constantly didn't even think about anything else but trying to invent something. And I think about people today and switching a little bit to idols and who people listen to. When people become heroes or idols, it's almost like they have a status that because they did something, people almost automatically become infatuated with them. And they become um, very popular and very put on a pedestal and very out. Because of our media today, it's like the microphone is stuck right in their faces and they are um, there for everybody to see. So their opinion is out there. And they can say whatever they want to say. And because of who they are, take for instance, the first one that we heard was Michael Jordan. Now, as a rule, Michael Jordan did amazing things with a basketball. Did he not? He could do things with a basketball. I doubt seriously. Well, let me put it another way. I know nobody in this room could probably do. If you can, stand up. (laughs) We'll take you outside. No. But you understand what I'm saying. But people actually worshipped Michael Jordan. They admired him. They worshipped him. And they worship Jack Nicholson. Mickelson, is it? Or Nicholson, the golf player. Mickelson, yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah, I'm getting three. Phil, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, we'll get it right here in a minute. You can tell how much golf I play. (laughs) Phil Mickelson. Or Tiger Woods. There, I know who that is. But they they worship Tiger Woods till what? Till he fell. Till they realized he was human. Right? And that's what happens a lot of times. They listen to what people say till they realize they're human and that they have faults. And it's the reason that I even brought up people like Oprah or, as I was quite surprised that Dan brought up Arsenio or Letterman or John Leno. I mean, what's his name? Jay Leno. You tell how much TV I watch. I'm like the TV guru. All the TV shows. The reason that I'm talking to you about that t- this today is because, you know, it's been raining a lot. And I flipped my TV on the other day because my husband was gone. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to turn this TV on. And I was quite in shock as I flipped the channels. It was one on marriage. And I thought, you know, this, this could be good. <laughs> and it was somebody that was very, very popular that if I called their name, was teaching on marriage. Because they were, quote, an idol or a hero, And they were teaching on marriage. And they actually had these couples in in an area together. And here they were, and they set them. It was like maybe four or five couples. And they told them, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to have these uh, different um, group session things, and we're going to act out these different things. 
and this is what I want you to do. And they put the husband and wife in an actual batting, no, boxing ring. And they told them to act out what an actual fight would be in their house. They're trying to get, keep them from getting a divorce. And the wife started yelling and yelling and yelling at the husband and telling him how wrong he was because he would not go shopping with her and he would not drive her to all the places that she needed to go and he would not take her to all the places that she needed to go. And he said, but I work. You have a car. I give you all the money you need. I supply everything you need. And how am I supposed to drive you? I give you a new car. I give you... And she said, but I don't like driving. I want you there to drive for me. And the people said, yell, tell it, tell him how you feel. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> this is counseling these people? This is telling them how to save their marriage? And they finished the fight and they said the woman won because she expressed her feelings. And that the husband needed to give in to her and supply her with her ride and take her around where she needed to go. And I thought, you know what? That is what is wrong with the church today is because we have set up in our lives the same heroes and the same idols that the world has. And we have decided that just because they have accomplished something in one area, that they know something in another area. And just because they know something about basketball, that they know something about marriage. Or just because they know something about golf, that they know something about hearing from God. Or just because they know something about a tennis, that they know something about uh, having a good relationship. Or that they know something about how to get your body healed. Uh, Oprah doesn't know how to get your body healed. And just because she hires a doctor to have a show doesn't mean he knows how to get your body healed. And you can buy all of his ideas, but you know what? There is one who does know how to get your body healed. And do you know what his, his greatest, greatest asset is? You believing that he knows how to get your body healed and you buying his products on TV because Oprah says he knows what he's talking about and everybody in the world going buying what he has to sell, then... He becomes a millionaire. But what I want to talk to you about today is you hearing from God and not from your heroes or not from your idols. And you knowing how to distinguish if a person is talking to you from God or if they're talking to you from their intellect. And you being able to tell the difference between the two. Doesn't matter if you're watching a TV program. Doesn't matter if you're talking to your Aunt Sally. Doesn't matter if you're talking to your neighbor. Doesn't matter if you're listening to another preacher on TV or if you're listening to me. Amen. That's right. You need to be able to tell if it's God or not. You need to be able to tell is this my Father God or is it not my Father God? Do I receive this or do I reject this? You need to know for yourself. And heroes are not bad things. But heroes are not God. And heroes did not go to the cross for you. And heroes, what did they actually do for you? There's only one that gave his life for you. There's only one that actually did anything for you that you should listen to. There's only one final authority in your life. And it's not a TV broadcast. And it's not another person. It is this book right here. 
And so that's what I would like for us to look at this morning and see if we can distinguish if somebody has told you something that maybe that doesn't line up with this book, how you can tell the difference in it. Are you game? All right, well, let's do it. Psalm 32, verse 8. And you don't have to take my word for it. You don't even have to like me. But you would, it would be good if you liked the Bible. Okay? Psalm 32, verse 8. It says, I... Who is, who's talking here? The Father God. says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Now let's look at the Amplified. It makes it real plain to you who it is. I, the Lord, will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. That's the Amplified and the King James. Let's look at the NIV. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Now the next part, I will counsel you and watch over you. So who do you really need to counsel you? Who do you need to teach you? If something's going bad in your life, who can you go to that will give you the answer that will help you every single time? Okay, so you say that real readily, but what happens is people are convinced they can't hear from God. So what they do is they go to someone that they can hear from. The TV. Or another person. And they get their opinion about how to do this or how to do that. When God says he will give you the answer. He will counsel you. We have to learn to look to him directly instead of going to our neighbor or to our friend or asking their opinion. And you know why you can't ask someone else's opinion about what's going on in your life? You want to know the greatest reason you can't? Because you will never tell anyone else 100% of what's going on in your life. You will never tell the whole story about what's happening in your life. You will only tell them what you want them to know. You will only tell them the part that's pertinent to what's going on right now. So therefore, the counseling that they would give you would be wrong. Because they would only be answering what you're telling them. Unless they are supernaturally led and unless they know how to hear from God and cut through everything that you're saying and say, no, this is what the answer is then they would only be telling you an answer to what you're telling them. Brother Hagen used to say this. In every marriage counseling session, there's three sides. Her side, his side, and God's side. So when she comes in and tells her side, then he comes in and tells his side, then what are you supposed to do? Look to God and hear his side. So when you go to your mom... And you tell her, he said this or he did that. What happens? She's going to tell you what? How bad he is because you only told her your side. Then he goes to his friend and says what she did. Then what's his friend going to say? She needs to straighten up. But when you go to God... And you say, God, what's the problem here with our marriage? What's he going to say? Both of you need to straighten up and start walking in love. 
and quit blaming each other for everything. And he's going to see the truth. That's why it says, I will counsel you. I will teach you. Because he knows what you've been doing and he knows what she's been doing. That's why he has the answer for you. When we were at Ramah, Brother Hagen had a healing and counseling center. And Keith was working in the counseling center. And we, were, we would pray, Brother Hagen and a few of us would pray every Wednesday night. The crowd was really small that would come and pray on Wednesday night. And every Wednesday night, he would get off on this. He'd begin praying, and he'd say, Okay, Lord, okay, Lord, I understand, Lord, okay, Lord. And nobody would know what he was talking about. Well, it wasn't very long till finally he called Keith in and a couple of others, and he said, We're going to close the counseling center. And they all kind of looked at him. And he continued to explain. He said, because the Lord told me that sheep should be in their own sheepfold. And if they're going to be counseled, they should be counseled in their own sheepfold because nobody knows them like their shepherd. He said, because if they come here for counseling, they're only going to tell us what they want us to know. He said, but if they've been in a sheepfold for any length of time, their shepherd has had time to learn them. Amen. And they can't hoodwink their shepherd. <laughs> he said, that's what's wrong with these people. Now, this is Brother Hagen. I didn't say this. He said, that's what's wrong with these people that hop from church to church to church looking for the answer that they want to get. He said, they only go and tell that pastor what they want him to know. He said, shepherds should stay in their sheepfold so that the shepherd can learn them and then he can help them. Amen. So he closed the counseling center and he just had the healing center. Because people need to be counseled where people have had time to learn them. They've seen them grow up. They've seen things happening in their lives. Then it's not so easy to hoodwink them, as Brother Hagen said. You know what hoodwink means, don't you? Pull the wool over their eyes. Right? So that's what he said. So let's continue on here. In other words, every move you make... The Lord is able to see you. He's not Santa Claus. He's not seeing if you're good or bad. He's just watching every move you make. He knows what you're doing. He knows how to counsel you. He knows how to teach you. He knows what you've done. He knows the condition of your heart. So he can help you. He can teach you. Isaiah 48 says, verse 17 in the King James, it says, Thus says the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches you to profit. Who teaches you to profit? Is it some financial advisor on TV? Is it your hero? Who teaches you to profit? Just because something worked for this person doesn't mean it will work for you. No, the Lord will teach you how to profit. He knows where you're supposed to be. He knows what you're supposed to be doing. And He will teach you how to profit. He will lead you by the way which you should go. He will lead you. The NIV said, this is the Lord that says, uh, the Lord your Redeemer says, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you who directs you in the way you should go. He's talking about individuals. He's not talking about groups. He's not talking about... He's talking about He will lead you how you should go. Not every person in this room is supposed to go work at Walmart. Not every person in this room is supposed to be a mechanic. Not every person in this room is supposed to invest money in Wall Street. Not every person in this room is supposed to be a seamstress. Not every person in this room is supposed to be a doctor or a lawyer. Amen. How do you find that out? How do you find it out? We're going to find out. The Message Bible says this. 
With this message from God, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am God, your God, who teaches you how to live right and well. Read the next part with me. I show you what to do and where to go. Now, who said that? God said, I show you what to do and where to go. If he shows you where to go and what to do, do you believe if you go where he tells you to go and you do what he tells you to do, your way will be prosperous? Absolutely. But what's happening is people are not going where he says go and doing what he says do. They're going where other people say go and doing what other people say do. They're listening to other people instead of listening to him. Because it looks like this way looks good to me. They had success in this area, so I think I'll follow this path. But did God tell you to follow that path? It was good for them, but does that mean it was good for you? It could be destruction for you. How many of you watched this week... um, the Believer's Convention. How many of you saw Brother Jerry the other night when he was teaching? And he told about what happened with Jesse, that money deal. Wasn't that hilarious? I, I thought it was really funny. I'm going to tell it now. Brother Jesse, if you know anything about Brother Jesse, you know he loves money. To do the things for God. And he does. That's what he's doing with him. I know him. He's a friend. I know him. And he's constantly giving out more than he's getting in. I know him. Well, when years and years and years ago, I, did they say how long it was ago? It was many years ago. Anybody that heard it may remember. Many, many years ago. He went to lunch or breakfast or something with a friend. And there was three guys there. And he says, um, this one of these guys says, you know... I've got this piece of land that I can buy for $3,000. And he says, um, if there's three of us here. If you guys want to invest in it, I'll let each one of you give me $1,000, and we'll all three go in and buy it for $3,000. It's not much money, $1,000 a piece, not much money. Jesse said the land was useless. just wasn't worth anything. What did he call it? He, yeah, he said it was a swamp land. Just nothing. So he said, nah, I pass. He said it wasn't three months later. He was having breakfast with this guy again or lunch with this guy again. And this guy comes in and he's just grinning from ear to ear. He says, guess what, guys? He said, I sold that piece of land for $3 million. Three million dollars three months later now I believe that's the way our father God is I believe he will lead us in exactly what we should do now was that deal for everybody No. no it was for Jesse and this other guy could Jesse have made a million dollars just that quick Jesse says, I wish I would have known how to be led more then. Now, there was another guy that was on Brother Hagin's board. And he had $50 to his name. $50 to his name. And he got a hold to Brother Hagin's tapes on how to be led by the Spirit. And he started listening to him. Night and day, night and day, he started listening to him. And he drove past this piece of property... And the Lord said, buy that piece of property. And he said, but Lord, it's useless. Just exactly like what Jesse said. But he said, the Lord told him to buy it. Well, he did whatever he needed to do. And he bought that piece of property. Today, the man is one of the wealthiest people I know. 
He flies a Global Express, and if any of you know airplanes at all, it's a very nice airplane around the world. But he started out with $50 and listening to what God told him to do. God taught him how to do things by his leading. He was driving by a piece of property, and he said, buy this piece of property. Now, God is no respecter of persons, and he will do exactly the very same thing for you. But if every person is trying to do exactly what the other person is trying to do and not be led for themselves, they're never going to make it. What God requires is that we listen to him and we look to him and he will lead us and he will teach us individually. He will teach Bob. He'll say, Bob, you go do this and you go invest in this. But now he may not, and Dan invests in stuff all the time, but he may tell Dan, Dan, you will fall on your face if you invest in that. Why? Because he may be busy when the investment needs to be gotten out of, and he may miss it, and he may lose everything he's got. But the day he's supposed to get out of it, he may be doing nothing. He may be on vacation, and the Holy Ghost may say, get out of it, Bob. But God knows that. But we don't. He's smarter than we are. He's way smarter than we are. So he will teach us and he will lead us and he will guide us. But we can't be just looking to other people for our counsel and our guidance. We must look to him. We must say, God, what do you say about this? Not what does my neighbor say? Not what does my mom say or does my dad say or does my cousin say? What do you say, God? And it can look really bad to everybody around you like a piece of swamp land. But if God says do it, then that's what we do is we do it. <laughs> right? Okay, let's keep going. Um, John 10, 27. Now, the biggest thing that people run into is that they say, you know what, Mrs. Moore, that sounds really, really good to me. I like that a lot, and I want to be able to hear from God because I could really use the money. I could really use to get out of this hole I'm in. I could really use the answers how to get out of my marriage problems. I could really use the answers how to fix this with my kids. But you know what? My biggest problem is I am not convinced that I know what's God and what's not. I'm not convinced of it. I'm not convinced that if God walked in here today and said, do this, I would know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was him. And do you know that's most Christians' problems? They don't move because they're unsure, is this God or is this just me? Amen. Well, there's a way to know. Do you want to know? Yes. Okay, let's go forward. John 10, 27 in the King James. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you in here are married? Okay. If we turned the lights off and I stood your spouse at that back door back there, could you recognize their voice? You think you could? What about your kids? Okay, moms that are in here, raise your hand if you're a mom. Okay? Moms, if you walk in, say, to the nursery back there, and you had a baby, and it was crying, or if we left those doors open and there was a baby crying, could you distinguish if that was your baby's cry or not? Huh? How come? You know your baby. You've heard it cry. Right? How come you can distinguish your spouse's voice? You know your spouse. You know what he sounds like. Why? Because you've listened to him. Yakking, 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 talking, talking, talk, 
for year after 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 year. I know Keith could I know Keith could pick me out of anywhere. He's heard me forever. Let me I'll tell y'all a funny story. Y'all want to hear a funny story? We can go places, and um, we can go in restaurants, or we can go in stores and stuff, and people will go like this, and they'll follow Keith, and they'll look, and they're unsure, and they'll look, and they'll follow him, and they'll look, and they'll follow him, or we'll be in a restaurant, and a waitress come, and she'll put his plate down, and she'll look at him, and she'll, she'll look, unsure, but let him open that mouth. you so I'm all the time saying just be quiet (laughs) you know why that is because a lot of people have had hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of listening to him in their ear listening to him in their ear listening to him in their ear listening to him they've played his tapes they've heard him as much as I've heard him they've carried him in their purse they've listened to him in the bedtime they've listened to him in the morning they've listened to him when they got up they've listened to him in their car they've listened to him I mean they've heard him night and day literally so they know his voice how do you get to know God's voice by listening to him by listening to him you listen to him you say but I try well yeah you know what can keep you from hearing from God it's when he tells you to do something and you pretend like it ain't him When he says, go buy Susie a dress, and you say, that ain't God. (laughs) You remember Keith telling the story about the brown shoes? He says, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) When he knew good and well it was God. When God told him to give away his shoe money. If you hadn't heard the story before, get the tape. Get the tape. God told him to give away his shoe money, and he said, that ain't God. Well, all the while, he knew it was God. Finally, he said, I know that's God. It's the same God that got me here to school. It's the same God that I listen to to get sermons with. That's God. But where you confuse yourself is when God's telling you to do something and you say, that ain't God, because your flesh doesn't want to do it. So you get confused. But what you got to do is, you got to say, that's God. I got to get up from here and do it. I know it's Him. I'm His sheep. I know His voice, and I'm going to follow Him. And the more you do that, the more you get used to hearing Him. But what you got to do, the biggest thing you got to do, is you got to stop and you got to listen. You know, you're married, a lot of you. Or you have kids, either way. But you know you can shut somebody's voice out. I know if you're married, you, you, your husband has watched sports. And we've talked about this before. And they don't even hear you. If they've got that remote and there's a game or something on. I've seen them. Keith is not this big sports fan, but I've seen. Like Brother Hagen. Oh, my word. We'd be traveling with him. And we'd walk in the door. And the first thing that would happen, he loved football. And that's a strong word. He loved it. He loved football. He would have, I remember one time that there was a Super Bowl. And it was before that you could watch multiple channels on TV. So this is Brother Hagen. He asked us, did we have some little TVs? We said, yeah. He said, bring them over today. I said, okay. (laughs) We bring the TVs over. He's got this huge, big screen TV in his living room. He's got one sitting on a, a... nightstand here he's got he brought the other nightstand in from the bedroom over here he's got one sitting over here he's got all these tvs with football on them all around in his living room and he's watching this game he's watching this game he's watching this game and he got so excited one time now you won't you wouldn't know this unless i tell you he got so excited one time that he was laughing yelling screaming so hard he threw his recliner completely backwards (laughs) and we had to pick him up He loved football. 
you have to listen. But when you, he was watching football, you couldn't get him to hear anything. You could tell him, hey, Dad, lunch is ready. You want us to bring it to you? You're coming in here to the table. You could tell him that 50 times. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. <laughs> because he had learned powers of concentration. First ministry, but he was using it on that football. <laughs> And it can be the same way with you. You have to learn how, when you're talking to the Father, to cut everything else out and everyone else out and everybody else's opinion out. And you are His sheep. You hear His voice. You, a stranger's voice, the devil's voice, you won't follow. You know. He knows your voice. You know His voice. Don't pretend like you don't. You just get quiet. You look to him. You get quiet and you say, Father, what? What should I do? Don't do all the talking. Listen. Most people talk too much and listen too little. Just get quiet and ask him a question and give him time to answer. Sometimes he don't answer right away. Sometimes he takes a few days. Sometimes he takes a few weeks. But he will answer. And when he does, do what he says. Let's keep going. Um... The Amplified says it this way. The sheep that are my own. Now, that's a good start. You have to be his sheep. The sheep that are my own hear and are listening. You got to be listening to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. So if you are his sheep, you will hear his voice. Say, I'm his sheep. I will hear his voice. Say it one more time. I am his sheep. I will hear his voice. Now let's read this next voice and I think it'll verse and I think it'll help you. Voice too. I think it'll help you a lot. Psalm 37, verse 23. This is the King James. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now I'm old. And I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Now we were talking about little ones earlier. And I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever seen a little uh, eight-month-old? Most everybody in the room, okay? A little eight-month-old that's pulling up on a coffee table about to take steps. And how many of you have ever seen that eight-month-old fall? Everybody in the room, right? Did the parent say, you are an idiot. You're never going to walk. Huh? You're never going to get it. You might as well quit now. You're never going to be able to do it. No. What the parent did was praise that child for even trying to take a step. Say, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Come on, you can do it. Come on. I'm right here. Come on, come on. That's who your father is. That is exactly who he is. When you try to hear his voice, he's going to say, come on, you can get it. If you fall, I'll be right here. I'll help you. You might have missed it this time, but guess what? I'm right here. I'll pick you right back up. We'll go again. You might have missed it this time, but come on. Here, here, I'll help you. I'll pick you back up again. Come on, come on, come on. You can do it. You'll get it next time. Come on. This is me. I'm talking to you. Come on. You get it. You get it. You might have messed up on that. So what? Forget it. Come on. Do you think that little eight-month-old remembers that last time it fell? No. It just gets up and goes again. And gets up and goes again. And gets up and goes again. Why? Because Mama's standing right there and Daddy's standing right there saying, Come on. You can do it. You can do it. 
Well, do you think you're a better parent than Father God is? He loves you more than your parents or my parents could ever love us. And he's saying right here, though you fall, you won't be cast down. The Lord upholds you with his hand. And you may have missed it over and over and over and over and over again. But if you fell down, just get right back up and dust yourself off and say, Hey, we missed it on that. So what? We'll get it right this next time. We're going to get it. God, grab our hand. We're going with you. You know something Brother Hagin said? He said, So many people get ahead of God. He said, the Lord told him it was always better to move too slow than to move too fast. He said, because if you move too fast, you get out ahead of God. But at least if you're moving too slow, you can always see him in front of you and know which way to go. So when I was telling you a few minutes ago, don't move till you hear God. It's always better to move too slow than it is to move too fast. Wait till you hear from God. A lot of times people move because we're in a fast generation. Everything is microwave, instant, drive through, get it now, get it done, get it fast. But you know, God don't got no instant pudding. And he doesn't do anything fast. And a lot of times he just wants you to sit there and just talk to him and wait on him and say, okay, God, what's it going to be today? What do we need to do today? Do we need to go this way? Do we need to go this way? How do we do today? What do we do today? I mean, he knows your schedule. But he still wants you to talk to him. He wants you to spend time with him. He wants you to say, what does the kids need to do today? Do they need to get involved with this? What do I need to do today? Do I need to do this? Where do I need to be today? Do I need to do this? He wants you personally to talk to him and get your answers from him. Father, do we go here? I know I've got some really good friends, some of my very best friends. And uh, you remember when that tsunami was in, where was that at? That was so bad. Sri Lanka? Yeah, that's where it was. They were going there for vacation because they were in another country. And um, she was just all set to go. And her husband got up and he said, you know what? Something's really bothering me about this. I mean, they had their plane tickets. They were supposed to be there. And he just spent some time with the Lord. And the Lord said, don't go. And it was a vacation. Would the Lord tell you not to go on vacation? What if you have all your money spent? And what if you can't get a refund? Do you understand what I'm saying? All the money in the world would not have spared their lives that day. And people look too much at natural things. And God told them, don't go. And they didn't get a refund. And her and I were talking about it later. But her whole family was saved. Her, her husband, and her two girls were saved and spared. They would have been there right in the middle of that, right in a hotel that got totally demolished. It pays to be led with what God is telling you and talking to you about. God can replenish money, but he can't replenish you. We must learn to spend time talking to him and listening to him and let him lead us and teach us and guide us and counsel us. He's the only one that can lead you. He's the only one that can tell you. He's the only one that, that cares enough about you. A lot of people, do you know what? A lot of people pretend to care about you. We had some people. 
they were supposedly friends. They were going to let us in on this really, really, really good deal. All of our other friends were doing it. It was a really good deal. We were supposed to make a lot of money in a very short period of time. And we were in our hotel room. And Keith and I were praying about it. And everybody else had already moved on it. And they, they kept calling on the phone saying, you've got to do it today. Today is the deadline. You've got to do it today. So we just shut down. We just got quiet. We just, I mean, cut everything off and got quiet. And this is what the Lord told Keith. You have no reason to trust them. I didn't tell you to trust them. And that's where people go wrong. A lot of people think just because they have a fish sign on their car or just because they say they're your friends, did God tell you to do it? If God did not tell you to do it, then that means don't do it. A lot of people confuse something Brother Hagin said all the time. And I'm going to try to quote it to you exactly right. You go as much by what the Lord doesn't say as by what he does say. Now let me explain. If the Lord did not tell you to get involved with something, you don't. The Lord did not tell us to get involved with those people. So why should we? He did not tell us they were okay. What did he tell them in the Bible uh, about going down from the rooftop, go, Cornelius, to go with them? He said, go. I'm telling you to go. Well, when God tells you to go, then you can go. You can trust it. But if God's not telling you that something's okay, then guess what? Then it's not okay. You have no reason to trust somebody just because of something that comes out of their mouth. We, the reason that, that we are who we are is because we are believers. We are trusters. It's who we are. It's our nature. We are faith people. We are trusting people. But we're only supposed to trust and believe in who God tells us to trust and believe in. We're not supposed to trust and believe in every person that walks and comes along our path. And I may know somebody for a very long time. But it doesn't mean, okay, I could start down the road. I know Shireen, I know Dan, I know all these people coming down the road. But does that mean that God says, do an investment with them? No, just because I know them, he didn't say do an investment with them. Okay, just because I know these guys, does it mean that they're supposed to clean my house? No. No, just because I know these guys, does it mean that I'm supposed to take them to dinner? No. Just because I know these guys, does it mean that I'm supposed to go and start a job with them? No. Just because you know somebody is not a leading from the Lord to do something with them. It takes God telling you, do this with them. Don't move too quickly on those things. That's where so many Christians get hurt. And they get themselves into lawsuits and situations that they should never be in. And they're suing each other and having problems with each other that they should never be in these situations. When God never told them to do it to start with. You go as much by what the Lord does not say as by what He does say. If He did not tell you to do it, what do you do? You don't do it. And that's his way of protecting you. And that means you heard from God. Guess what? You are hearing from God. If you don't have a witness, yes, go with him. Do it. Brother Hagin calls it the smooth, velvety, red light. Two things. Velvety, go forward. Red light, stop. 
You should go by those things. Do them or don't do them. We can hear from God. We can know if something is God or not. We can be the ones that are led for ourselves. We don't have to take somebody else's word as to whether we're supposed to do something or not. We don't take some hero or some idol or some person on TV or some neighbor or some mom or some dad. We have to hear from God for our very self as to whether we're supposed to do something or not. For our very self. Just because the whole world is going this way doesn't mean we're supposed to go that way. And it has saved Keith and I lots and lots and lots of trouble over the years. We didn't go with those people that had that investment. Almost every one of our friends did and lost a lot of money. Why? Because we're more spiritual? No, but because, thank God, we had somebody like Brother Hagin to teach us on how to be led and you don't move just because it looks good and just because people are your friends. You go by what you have on the inside of you. And if you guys don't learn anything else from us but how to be led for yourself and how to look back to this book and say, does it say it in the Bible? And did God tell me to do it? Then you're going to be way ahead of most people. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet with me. Let me read this one verse to you, and then they'll be ready to sing something. You can put it up on the screen. I think you all know it. Put it up in the Message Bible for me if you would. Proverbs 3, 5. I think everybody knows this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Keep going. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Keep going. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Keep going. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Keep going. Honor God with everything you own. Give Him your first and your best. Keep going. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. Keep going. But don't, dear friend, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk under His loving correction. For some today, it might have been correction. I didn't mean it to be. I meant for it to be direction on how to hear from God. Because I think if we get direction on how to hear from Him, we can stop all the devil's things that's going in our lives. If you like to watch certain people on TV, hey, go for it. Not against them. I'm just trying to tell you, as Brother Hagin used to say, be as wise as an old cow. He used to tell us this all the time. Have as much sense as an old cow. Eat the hay and leave the sticks. And that's what I want you guys to do. If you're going to watch that stuff, great. Eat the hay and leave the sticks. Don't eat everything that's out there for you. Okay? So be led for yourself. And you'll come out stronger. You'll come out better. And you'll know how to be away from the devil's traps that he set for you. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. You guys got something? Hold me on you.